five, six, seven, eight. September 1st, 1989. Dear Diary. So Jocelyn, I want to know, do you got a bone to pick? We've come so far. Why now are you pulling on my dick? Why now are you pulling on my skirt? <laughs> I hate that line. Welcome to our mini Heather series in preparation for the West End run and UK and Ireland tour. So listen up, folks. Slap on your swatch, put a straw on your Diet Coke, and let's motor. Heather's the Musical is a rock musical with music, lyrics, and book by Lawrence O'Keefe and Kevin Murphy, based on the 1989 film of the same name by Daniel Waters. Here's the dealio. The story follows Veronica Sawyer, a senior at Westerberg High. Veronica wants to be cool like the click of it girls but above that she wants everyone to get along at the top of westerberg are the heathers they're cruel catty and bully their kingdom into submission when veronica uses her skills as a forger to get the heathers out of detention she impresses their leader heather chandler so much so that they agree to let her into their exclusive club at first, Veronica is thrilled until she finds out that being one of the Heathers means bullying the same kids she used to call friends. Meanwhile, Veronica finds herself attracted to a mysterious newcomer at school named Jason Dean, aka JD, aka so hot. <laughs> when a somewhat accidental drink mix-up results in the poisoning of Heather Chandler, JD convinces Veronica to stage Heather's suicide. Veronica and JD, exhilarated with their power, resolve to rid Westerberg of their cruelly popular elite for ever. All I have to say to the hottie comment is therapy. <laughs> I'm not wrong though. Private readings of Heather's were held in Los Angeles back in 2009 starring Kristen Bell as Veronica. The first was in March at the Beverly Hills offices of Endeavor Agency starring Christian Campbell as JD. The second in June at the Hudson Theater on Santa Monica Boulevard starring Scott Porter as JD. And the third in December at the Coast Theater in West Hollywood starring James Snyder as JD. In each reading Jenna Lee Green, Corey English, and Christine Lakin played Heather Chandler, Heather McNamara, and Heather Duke. In September 2010, Heather's was presented as a concert at Joe's Pub. The show was directed by Andy Fickman, and it starred Annalie Ashford as Veronica Sawyer, Jeremy Jordan as Jason Dean, Jenna Lee Green as Heather Chandler, Corey English as Heather McNamara, Christine Lakin as Heather Duke, James Snyder as Kurt Kelly, and PJ Griffith as Ram Sweeney. The show then headed back to Los Angeles and played at the Hudson Backstage Theater for a limited engagement on weekends from September 21st to October 6, 2013. The cast included Barrett Wilbert Weed as Veronica, Ryan McCartan as JD, Sarah Halford as Heather Chandler, Crystalline Lloyd as Heather Duke, and Ellie McLemore as Heather McNamara. In 2013, it was announced that Heather's the Musical would play off-Broadway with previews beginning in March at New World Stages. In February 2014, the cast was announced, including Barrett Wilbert Weed, Ryan McCartan, and Ellie McLemore reprising their roles as Veronica, JD, and Heather McNamara, respectively, with new additions to the cast being Jessica Keenan Wynn as Heather Chandler and Alice Lee as Heather Duke. The show began previews on March 15, 2014, 2014 and opened on March 31st, 2014. Heather's The Musical played its final performance at New World Stages on August 4th, 2014. There was so much buzz around the musical in 2014 with fans hoping for a tour or Broadway run, but unfortunately, Heather's went silent for a few years until 2017 when a workshop of the musical opened at the Other Palace in London, England, which held five performances from May 30th to June 3rd, 2017. The workshop featured Charlotte Wakefield as Veronica Sawyer. 
Following the workshop, the musical had its official London premiere in the Theatre at the Other Palace London from June 9th to August 4th, 2018, starring Carrie Hope Fletcher as Veronica Sawyer, Jamie Moscato as J.D., and Dominic Anderson as Ram Sweeney. The production was produced by Bill Kenwright and Paul Taylor Mills and was directed again by Andy Fickman. For the London production, Blue had been changed to the new song You're Welcome, and Heather Duke received her own song, Never Shut Up Again, as well as a few script changes. Heather's transferred to the West End at the Theatre Royal Haymarket, running from September 3rd, 2018 to November 24th, 2018. A new song for Veronica, I Say No, as well as a few script changes to Act 2 were added to the transfer. On April 8th, 2021, it was announced that Heather's the Musical would return to the West End on June 21st, 2021, and will run at the Theatre Royale Haymarket until September 13th, 2021. A tour of the UK and Ireland will also start on July 28th, 2021. Woo! Woo! Yay! So Jocelyn, were you as obsessed with Heathers as I was back in 2014? Duh, you could have colored me totally stoked. Um, (laughs) So fairy. I remember um, hearing the songs first, as one does. And so then, of course, I went to watch the movie because, you know, I had to find out what all this Heather stuff was about. I was so confused. I don't think I've ever been so confused after a movie in my life, but I liked it so much that I started it again the minute it finished. And I was like, this is good. This is brilliant. And so, of course, when I think we have to at this point address the fact that we all watched the Heather's bootleg um, from New World Stages with Dan Dominich as JD and Carissa Hoagland as Heather Chandler. Uh, because that show was pretty bootleg famous. So that was my introduction kind of to Heather's The Musical. I watched it like every day. I was so obsessed. So obsessed. What about you? Like you, I was hooked immediately. My friends and I, we actually made the very first cover of Candy Store before the show was even released. Oh, Yeah, like we were obsessed with the material and grew even more attached when the the show footage came out from like broadway.com and playbill.com um i don't even think i really knew much about the film at the time i loved winona ryder from like edward scissorhands when i was growing up so i had heard of heathers but i had only watched the film once the show was announced and after seeing some like rehearsal clips and at that time actually i don't think there was a re-release of the film on dvd so it was hard to find yeah i was just surprised by how familiar the material was it's like mean girls meets the click meets jawbreaker it felt like heathers had always been a part of my life in some capacity because there's so much material out there that's sort of like based on it they're the og mean girls you know i totally agree heathers has that sense of familiarity to it that a lot of those um classic high school movies do Mm -hmm. and i know that our generation we had mean girls but heathers was before mean girls and even before heathers there was chris from carrie Mm -hmm. so like this mean girl who rules the school like that trope's been around for a long time and it's kind of like almost instantly becomes something that any high school student can relate to. And that's what's so great about it. Um, I know that the show's release kind of uh, timed out. I think I was in grade 11. So it was right before my own senior year of high school. And um, it was just such perfect timing how it wandered into, into my life like that. And just having that kind of 
Hold your breath and count the days. We're graduating soon. I don't know how many times I like saying that to myself over and over again. Um, and it really just kind of became like a little soundtrack to my little world at that yeah, time. Yeah, totally. I remember it being just, it felt like high school all over again. I mean, I was still in high school when Heather's came out. It was also my final year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But it just, it totally took over social media. It was really like an explosion that I haven't seen in a long time. I think the only time I've witnessed it besides Heather's was this massive musical boom with Hamilton. Even then, there was just like so much whisper about what went down with sudden cast changes, if there was going to be an album, who was going to be on the album, the catchphrases being quoted everywhere, acapella covers. It was madness. You know, I've said this before on this podcast, and I'm going to say it again. But that whole era of musical theater, the 2012-2013, it really saw an introduction of social media being used as a way to like connect with other musical theater fans. And I think Heather's is the big boom I always think of when I think about fan culture on social media within the musical theater world. It was just timed so perfectly with being accessible on social media and with the target audience of the show, I mean, I guess part of the target audience is probably people who know the movie, but it's a show about young people for young people. And it was at a time where young people were active on social media. As much as, you know, bootleg discourse, we're not going to get into that this episode, is a thing, but we have to factor in that there was a high quality bootleg in circulation. And Lots of people all around the world were able to see the show and connect with it and were able to access it, even if they couldn't go to New York and end up spending, spending money on it. So it really kind of was one of the first times that I can think of where something like that was all readily available. And it was just nuts. And the results are amazing. There are so many Heathers fans all across the globe. Heathers has had productions just about everywhere since the licensing came out. The fan base is still, it's still there. It's still there. It might not be as active as it was back in the day, but the corn nuts are still out there, which is something we're all realizing as uh, Heathers prepares to take over the UK this summer with both a West End run and a UK and Ireland tour. Yeah, and you know what? I think that was also the beginning of sites like Vine and Dub Smash, because you have to remember, there was like no such thing as Instagram stories until I think the next summer or two summers later, right? So it was like the first big peak that I can remember of seeing things actively happening backstage and seeing like cast members hang out together online and make like silly videos. Now it's so normal, right? With TikTok and all that. But mm -hmm. back then it was like, it was one of the first shows that I really remember seeing that with. And it was, it was inviting to the fans to participate. Yeah. Fan interaction with Heathers has always been encouraged. You know, it might not be like Rocky Horror. People don't, you know, scream at the actors on stage and throw things at them. But people come dressed up, people know the words, it has that sort of culty following. And since the beginning, the show has made itself accessible to be on that level. You know, we talked about this the other day, the people who run the social media accounts for Heathers, the, the Twitter, the Instagram, they love it just as much as we do. They are in there with the puns, with the lines. And I think because of that enthusiasm on the other end as well, is another reason why there's this 
you know, big love story between the fans and the show. Well, you know, you say that about Rocky Horror, but I don't think it was like this for Off-Broadway. I don't really remember, but I I feel like I would have remembered if this did happen. But I know in the UK, they would throw scrunchies at the performers during the curtain call, which is like the cutest thing ever. I remember um, Carrie Hope Fletcher, who played Veronica a few years back, she would like post photos with the scrunchies on her arm and such. And I was like, oh my God, this is the cutest thing and of course we see the fans dressing as the heathers to go see the show so it really does have that cultish following like rocky horror where people are really getting to participate with it and i think that's amazing i really like shows like that you know like bat out of hell sixth the musical wicket too of course um not so much but yeah i think that's fun you know it opens a show up more when that sort of stuff a happens and b is encouraged and has as much of an online presence as heathers has always had. I mean, like you were just to double back on what you were saying, it was some of the first times we were seeing those like behind the scenes aspects and that sort of thing. Yeah. Now every musical has like an Instagram account that's run in like a really cool, fun way. But back then I think Heather's was, I think the best one running at that time when it came to interacting with and encouraging fans. Like whoever was running these sites, I love you if you're listening. But yeah, they went the extra mile and it paid off. For sure. Well, I think what's also so interesting about Heather's is that for the fans, it it really is such an extreme, of course. This is totally a show that's not realistic, but it's also so relatable. Mm -hmm. And there's such a wide range of topics within Heather's, even though it is masked by the dark humor. This show is like really deep and and quite terrifying. I think bullying and mental health often get covered by like a bubble wrap under the term of teen angst. And it's by far so much more than that. I think these characters in the show are really going through some heavy shit and it breaks my heart because it is so relatable and I know so many people who have seen the show and then they take it to Twitter, they take it online and they're like, wow, I really saw myself in Veronica or Martha or um, Heather McNamara, you know? And yeah, I think it, it doesn't get enough credit for how deep and scary it is and not scary in the sense of like, they're murdering people, but like how scary high school girls can be. Yeah, yeah. You know? You know, I agree with you 100%. And um, this is something that we spoke with with Simon last week. We really kind of dove into it, and we did the same thing when we spoke with Christy Altamore about Carrie. But the fact that these shows that are so beloved by young people about bullying and depression and suicide. These shows also have such a strong layer of humor and camp to it. And it's such a delicate balance, but I think Heather's does this so well. I honestly love the dark comedy of it because it kind of pushes everything to such a far limit, like dealing with high school bullies by killing them and making it look like suicide. That is so outrageous that when you get to a point where one of the characters tries to actually take their own life, you know, you're removed enough from reality to be able to see that. I don't know if I'm explaining it very well, but the farce and satirical nature of the show allows for it to present these very real, very heavy topics while creating a safe space for audience members to experience it. For sure, I think so. And that's what makes it, I think, so real to people watching because they're able to fully experience it. 
And I also think that the use of humor in it is is quite brilliant. Well, I just love a dark comedy. I have kind of a darker sense of humor. When it comes down to it, you know, I think of like the lowest darkest points of my life. I've always kind of, I just thought of like three jokes about something really upsetting that happened to me. You know, it's so human that we look for laughter just to relieve the tension of whatever it is that you're going through. And that's what I think Heather's does so brilliantly with its quick wit. It, it balances it and that's that's life. You have to balance it even if it is with a kind of dark joke. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I think about myself and my friend group back then and I know our humor has totally changed since and I mean, I don't know about you, but I for sure asked everyone I know if they had a brain tumor for breakfast back in 2014, <laughs> which is just so god awful. I'm like, oh my god, how did I, like, did I not fully realize what I was quoting? But, you know, I think that's the part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I just think people take away so much from these characters, and I'm like, I don't know, should we be? I don't, I don't really think so, but... You walk away sing- saying these quick-witted remarks, and it's like, yeah, I don't think I should be saying that, even though I think it's funny. You know, I think it kind of comes down to shock value, too. Yeah. And a lot of the best lines in Heather's, they are funny because you don't see them coming. Mm. They're completely unexpected. And um, you're absolutely right. People see themselves in these various characters for various reasons. But it's also like when you look at a musical like Heather's or like Mean Girls or I don't know, something like The Great Gatsby. These people, they're not good people. They're hopefully going to get there. And people like Veronica and Katie eventually like get there in the end. But they still do things that aren't that great. So like you shouldn't really aspire to be any one of those people. When you're put in a situation like high school, everybody's trying to figure out who they are in high school. And everybody does that differently. And that's where a lot of, I think, conflict and bullying comes from is because we don't even understand ourselves yet, let alone to understand that everyone goes through understanding themselves differently. You know, it's kind of good that they have these characters that they can recognize themselves in and then go, oh, wait a minute, maybe that's not, maybe that's not the best thing in the world. And I think that some of the more offensive pieces of Heather's, um, as much as they're not things like you should say, in real life and stuff. I don't know if y'all have hung out with any teach teenagers recently. They can be pretty offensive because they're pushing boundaries. They're testing things out. They're trying to see. Yeah, totally. You know, we had this conversation not long ago and I was saying about characters like um, Katie Heron in Mean Girls and Veronica Sawyer in Heathers. People s- tend to make them out to be the hero at the end of the show and I don't think so. I don't think there's really a hero that comes out of either of those musicals they're very similar so Mm -hmm. i'm grouping them together i mean mean girls is basically the baby heathers right yeah it's it's a pg version of heather (laughs) it's a pg yeah it's well not like completely pg but like pg 13 version of heathers which was rated r so exactly i don't really think there's a hero in any of these stories because i think both of these characters have done really, really, really god-awful rotten things and shouldn't be seen as the hero for, like, the last two minutes of, like, these really crazy god-awful mean shows. Mm -hmm. Watching the end of Heathers when we see Martha literally, sometimes she's on crutches or she's on her scooter coming back in for that end scene and people in the audience start, like, 
laughing. I, I always think to myself, like, that's not it. And it's kind of like Regina George getting hit by the bus, which, to be fair, that translates more to, like, a Heather Chandler situation. So I'll stick to Martha, but it is similar in that sense. Like, I don't think a failed suicide attempt should be laughed. I think we should cheer, you know, that Martha is still here. I agree. Let's start cheering for Martha when she comes on stage at the end of the show. Oh my god, can we do that? Friends, let's all cheer Martha. I actually did that when I saw Heather's, but it's because my friend was Martha. But... Still, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's cheer for Martha because... Let's not laugh. Let's cheer. Martha's like the one good character in the show who doesn't do anything wrong. Literally. Well, she does do some... Well, she does do something wrong, but it's very different from killing your classmates. Yes. Anyway, uh, but I totally <laughs> agree with what you're saying. And, you know, there have been people who I've spoken to who defend uh, Heather McNamara. Or like Gretchen from Mean Girls. And it's like, I get it. I get that they're not as mean as like the Heather Chandler or Regina George of the situation. But they still did shitty things too. And they should be held accountable. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, For sure. And anyway, that's just my two cents. It's kind of like, you know, the show is called Mean Girls, not Mean Girl. Right. Um, It's plural. But for Heather specifically, I kind of like the edginess of it because as much as you might enjoy a character like Heather Chandler, there's literally no doubt in anyone's mind that she's mean. No, exactly. Like, you you know this girl's a bitch. There's no duality of character there. And I'm like, yes. And even with Veronica, you're like, yeah, okay, she comes out good in the end. But, like, you're still faced with the fact that she did help kill people. There are still four people dead at the end of Heather's. And yet we're all like, yes, let's go be 17. We'll make it beautiful. And I'm like, oh, my God, people are dead. There is ghosts on stage. Wait, who's the fourth person? JD. Oh, shit. <laughs> I always right? forget. <laughs> oh, right. Anyway, they're murderers. Heather's makes me laugh in the sense of... Like we say, it is a dark comedy. And <laughs> when JD, um, you know, explodes, you have that moment of like, say hi to God, boom. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's that like sweet little Heather's. Do, 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 yes. Do, 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 do. <laughs> like it's almost immediately after it transitions into that final scene with that music. And I'm like, that is so cheerful. What? It's so awful. I love it. <laughs> You know, I love absolutely everything about Heathers. I know that, like, we're kind of being like, oh, well, this could be seen as that. And yeah, they're bad people. But it's such a good show in the sense that its message is very clear. I think if you're not questioning the actions of a show like Heathers or Mean Girls, then it's like, eh. But you have to laugh about it at the same time. I mean, you can't not. (laughs) Let's move it right along. So Jocelyn, have you had like any experiences with Heathers yourself? Have you been in a production? Give us the lowdown. Oh boy, yeah. Okay, so I didn't get to be in Heathers because my college did it and, and our musical theater program would do two shows and split it in half. So I was in the other show, which meant I got to go see Heathers. So as much as like I was a little bit bummed that I wasn't in Heathers because duh that would be amazing I was like 
I get to go to Heather's. I get to put on my little blazer and sit in the audience and enjoy the show. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. It was so thrilling. And of course, since like it's a college, like it's all of my buddies in Heather's, which makes it 10 times more hilarious when it's people you know, can confirm. I think a lot of theaters theater for escapism, but it still has like a message that like hits you. It's kind of like when you're in the moment at Heather's, like, you're going to laugh so hard, you're going to want to, like, pee your pants. And it's like pee your pants laughing, and then moments where, like, you want to cry because it hits you so hard. But when you leave the theater after Heather's, you're not, like, devastated. You're happy. It ends on, like, I mean, it's not really a good note, because like you said, four people are dead. But, you know, it ends kind of in an upbeat way. It's a satire. You're not taking it too seriously when you're leaving the theater. It's not like when you go see Les Mis and you leave and you're dehydrated and you want to just kind of crawl under a rock because everything's sad. Heather's is fun. You leave quoting the lines and singing the songs, but you still take with you the ways that you relate it to your own experiences. You take its message on bullying. You take its message on suicide. You carry that with you. And I think that's what's so clever about the show. It's kind of, you know how sometimes parents like hide vegetables and desserts and stuff? Like my mom will make muffins and she'll put a lot of healthy stuff into it, but it doesn't taste like it's healthy. That's kind of how Heather's is. Don't laugh at me. It's true. It's it's getting you. No, you're right. I just love that analogy. It's keep getting going. you. It's giving you this. <laughs> I can't keep going because you're laughing. Um, it's giving you. It's giving you the goods, emotionally and for your soul. And it's teaching you something. It still feels like big, big fun. It feels like big fun. Ew, I love that. <laughs> How many puns have we just slipped in? I don't know. But you know what? I love it. I'm going to shut up now, and you should tell me about your experience with Heather. Well, I will never shut up again. However, (laughs) 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 I actually, I missed the audition date for a production of Heather's a few years ago, and so I really wanted to be involved somehow, and I decided to apply to work as a makeup artist and dresser with my friend Amanda. And it was honestly one of the best experiences I've ever had because it taught me so much about what goes on behind the scenes. Since I never really, I never get to see all the work that goes into being a dresser and helping someone do like a 10 to 15 second quick change in the dark, like pitch black. Usually there's someone there to help me do that or, you know, switch a mic or whatever. But now I was the one responsible for helping the performers get changed and having their trust put into me. And honestly, it is so nerve-wracking, but incredible. You feel amazing after you finish a show helping someone do the show, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. And I actually, I have this horrible, but also kind of really funny in an awful way story. Spoiler alert, we mentioned it earlier, but there is an explosion at the end of the show and our Veronica had to run into a dark corner offstage where I would meet her in the pitch black and mess up her hair and makeup before she ran back out on stage for the final scene. When I say pitch black, I mean... Like, we didn't have lights in that section because I would go into a small corner where there was, like, full wraparound curtain. We couldn't see each other at all. I would just feel her, like, breeze by type of thing. It was awful. Anyways, so originally I was given, um, like, a charcoal stick to use on the actress and was provided by our uh, head of department. 
I didn't know what exactly I was allowed to do as a makeup artist at the time. Like, was I allowed to bring it up and make it into a little charcoal mixture in a cup like I envisioned would work best on the actress? Um, Or would I get in trouble for basically destroying the makeup? So I went on and I didn't say anything. And during that performance in the blackout, I accidentally stabbed Veronica in the eye and mouth while trying to dot her face with the stick, which was awful because we couldn't keep it together back there. I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I just kept, like, jabbing her in, like, the tooth and the eye, and I was like, oh god, we have to fix this. Safe to say, we went with the cup and water mixture after that, but oh my god, I felt so bad. I was like, oh my god, she must be going out here looking like a pirate right now because I am an idiot in the Veronica comes out with an eye patch on after the explosion. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Literally, though. But anyways, you know what? We have some really fun questions we were sent in a while back for this episode. So right off the bat, are you a Heather C, M, D, or Veronica? I honestly don't feel like any of them. I just don't. On one hand, though, I do want to say that I'm a Heather Chandler because I'm a bit. I am a bitch of mythic proportions. (laughs) But (laughs) my mom's name is Veronica. So I feel like I'm genetically... um, dispositioned to be a Veronica and I really do like Veronica but I feel like the Veronica that I am is the Veronica in like the first few minutes of the show before she has the makeover um I wear a lot of layers (laughs) (laughs) what about you oh my gosh okay so I think I'm for sure a Heather Mack I think I mean I a lot of people tell me when they meet me that I am like a Heather Mack. Of course, this is like theater people I'm talking about. But I think I'm more of a Veronica, maybe. I don't know. Vocally, I like to sing the Veronica stuff. <laughs> so, I don't know. But I think, you know, Heather is, um, Heather Mack is really short. So I think that would work. Because I'm very short. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that. If we're talking about, like, in the actual show itself, somebody did tell me I'd be a good Miss Fleming recently. That was me. Um, (laughs) It was Chrissy. (laughs) You would be so good, though. And Steve, I'm ending our affair. Oh, my God. Moving right along. Chrissy, what is your favorite song in Heathers? Oh, my God. R.I.P. I I love Blue Reprise. I think that is, like, (laughs) it's not even on the album, but it is the best song in Heathers. Also, um fight for me but yeah blue reprise for sure there was a big sword fight in her mouth and she allowed it oh my god it's brilliant and i think it's so funny the way they like you know like how the wording would be changed instead of balsa blue it's like she blew too oh my god i can't she blew and blew and blew <laughs> like a kazoo like they were balloons like a freaking kazoo i can't <laughs> um what is you the know- writing in this show I love it. You know, I do have to say that the writing of this show lyrically is so brilliant. And, you know, I might get a little bit of pushback on this, but I'm just going to say it. Um, I think Blue, as a song, is probably one of the best songs ever written because it's absolutely hilarious. I like it for the references. Even though it shouldn't be. You know? Oh, the references are brilliant. And the fact that it's... Yeah, and the fact that it's, like, an upbeat song, too, and, like, the jazz and, like, the saxophone, the horn Mm. section. Whoever wrote that had, well, we know who wrote it, but they probably had so much fun putting that together Um, because it's literally one line in the movie, and they were like, you know what would be great? 
if we did a song, if we'd made it a song. Um, and you know, you got to support that. It's like, um, I love my dead gay son. It's one line in the movie and they were like, hmm, four minute production number. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> What's your fave? Okay. So, so my fave, I really like meant to be yours and fight for me. So they get an honorable mention, but I think lifeboat is my favorite because like, I don't, it gives me this like really like physical reaction to it. And it always makes me imagine this painting. It's called the raft of the Medusa. And essentially on said raft, it's a raft after a shipwreck. It's like 15 days after a shipwreck. And everybody's like shoving people off. There are people eating each other, like just like trying to stay alive and like pushing. And there's like a pile of people trying to like push their way to the top or whatever. It's so relatable. And it's kind of one of the songs in the show that doesn't rely on humor. Like even Kindergarten Boyfriend, it's probably the most devastating song in the show, but there's still little jokes in there. But I think it's the one song in Heathers that doesn't make some sort of joke during it. There's something really raw and authentic to Lifeboat. It's a really great one. Okay, here's a fun one. What is your favorite flavor of corn nuts? BQ. Of course. <laughs> What's yours? Ranch, for sure. If anything, if something is ranch flavored, I will always choose it over other flavors. Um, I love ranch, which is like ironic because I don't like ranch dressing on salad. Like I, I don't mind it, but I never go for it. Or like when you're dipping vegetables in ranch, <laughs> if it's like an artificial ranch no i don't know what i'm saying again but it's saucy like artificial <laughs> listen <laughs> i don't know what that means but like the artificial ranch like the season season okay not artificial yes <gasps> seasoning ranch seasoning friends that is what i enjoy but you know what i actually recently went to the dentist for the first time in a full year because of the pandemic and um they told me i broke a filling and I'm like, yeah, it's those damn corn nuts. Oh, no. It's the damn corn nuts. Those are hard. Those will take a tooth right out. Honestly, it's kind of like eating popcorn kernels. Yeah. No, for sure. But like slightly less hard yeah. than a popcorn kernel. Um, like a, it's anyway, like I'm describing it really. Mm. Like a brittle. I'm just, I've never had a praline. <gasps> My favorite. Anyways, that's a combo um, for anyway, time, I promise. Anyway, go buy your own corn nuts and let us know. Let us know. Let us know um, what you think. Because we're doing a really bad job describing them. We're really not selling um, them well. <laughs> we're not. We're not. This episode is sponsored by corn nuts and we're getting that sponsorship By pulled. the um, uh, artificial corn nuts. <laughs> Heather's has a million fun oh. catchphrases and quotes. Chrissy, what's your favorite? Oh my god. No, okay, so my favorite is, and I'm like, Jesus, I'm on the freaking bus again because all my rides to school are dead. It's, it's so good. It's so awful. It's so good. Which is like all the quotes in Heather's. How about you? After much deliberation, my favorite line in Heather's is, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Emphasized. What else is there to say after you've said that? Nothing. Um, but I do also do have to say that a close second that's probably slightly more appropriate is Dear Diary, my teenage angst bullshit now has a body count. So good. 
episode. Yes, I love that. Anyways, corn nuts, to conclude this wacky episode, we think Heather's is so very, and we totally think you should check out the West End Revival and UK Touring Production, both of which are opening this summer. Yes, and as we mentioned, we have a Heather's mini-series, so this is actually episode two. If you missed episode one, scroll on back to wherever you're listening to said podcast and check out our interview with Simon Gordon, who's playing JD on the UK and Ireland tour of Heather's the Musical. And there's more Heather's fun to come from us because this summer is going to be very. (laughs) Very. You know what? Heather's the Musical turns our podcast blue and we are totally, totally colored stoked over it. Blue is the color of stoked. (laughs) Blue is the color of stoked. (laughs) Anyways, as always, I'm Yellow Heather. I'm Jocelyn, and together we are breaking the curtain, which has turned into a candy store just for you guys. Uh, You can follow us. Welcome to it. Welcome. (laughs) You can follow us on Instagram at Breaking the Curtain. You'll want to stay tuned there for little sneak peeks of upcoming Heather's fun and for our big Heather's announcement coming soon. Stay safe, stay stagey, and our love for you is bigger than John Lennon. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Dang, dang, tickety, dang, 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 tickety, dang, dang. Shut up, Heather. The podcast episode's over. Sorry, Heather.